0: Welcome to another episode of Sidelines, Saunas, and Three-Team Parlays. Hell yeah, brother.
1: I'm Crouchy. He's Oge. We have a great show for you today where we'll be talking about some Big Ten basketball, some local high school basketball, a little segment where we look at great moments in UP sports history, plus Oge will give a betting tip that's certain to make some people some serious cash.
0: We're also going to take a look at relationships between coaches and parents, and most importantly, my first Listen to Lyrics segment. We got a lot to cover, Crouchy, so let's go.
1: Well, Oj, why don't we take a minute here and uh, let's let's dive into some, some girls' basketball that's going on in the Upper Peninsula, Copper Country. Um, you know, there's some, some pretty good teams out there this year. As the season's coming to an end, uh, these district tournaments and regionals are, are going to be really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at... This year in particular, I, one of the things I was thinking about the other day was, have we ever, and just speaking strictly from this area, have we ever had the three bigger school area teams, being Calumet, Holton, and Hancock, be this good at the same time, all three? And I, there's certainly been times where it's been two of the three that have been real solid. Um, Hancock's been getting better here the last couple of years, and, and uh, Coach Helikoski's obviously got a veteran crew Right now, so there's three real good teams, just a few miles apart, and uh, I think any one of those teams can beat the other one on any given night. Obviously, Hancock has been a little bit stronger at this point, and it's probably because of their their veteran senior leadership on that team.
1: Yeah, and it's I I, re, I remember you know back in our back in the day, houghton has been to the state championship, Hancock's been to the state championship, and most recently Calumet's been to the state championship. But I don't know if all three of those teams have been good at the same time, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I I've seen a couple of games of each of these. Um, I saw Hancock play live the other night and, and I really think coach having Ward Helikoski on the sidelines there has has done wonders for them because they have some good players on that Hancock team and, and he's really getting a lot out of them. They, they, they are, they're, they're fun to watch. They play hard. And like you said, they got a lot of lot of experience there but the same can be said with you know on any given night calumet and houghton are can
0: can be just this just as good yeah i think uh the calumet side of it with uh charlie Kempen and coaching he's starting to mold that team into his into his uh philosophy and starting to play uh that defensive style tough half-court defense that i know charlie preaches and, and gets after those girls to do so they're they're playing well holton's got the you know some good athletes on that team um it makes them difficult to guard their transition game the secondary break that they've run for years it's you know you got to get back on d to, to control holton um so it'll be interesting and this is kind of the this mid-february stuff is is when it's the doldrums of hoops you know you're everybody's trying to grind through these last few games to get to that tournament so it's going to be interesting and i think um starting next week there's going to be an interesting game in cal i met because there's some good class d teams up here also and one of them that's starting to play pretty well right now uh is lake linden hubble
1: yeah that's uh, i've seen the lakes girls play um quite a few times this year uh with jack hump switching over from the boys to the girls um you know demonstrating the leadership on the sideline there and he's got some good young players there he's got some Two, two girls in particular that are just that are fantastic and, and some really good pieces around them. Um, I watched them battle Hancock to within two points the other night and then you know the other team in the area that's that we would probably consider a contender is the Baraga Vikings which will kind of rehash them in a little bit but Lake is definitely a team that you cannot sleep on. They, they, they beat Baraga at home last week or the week before by about 20 and then they took Hancock right to the brink the other night so so Coach Kumpel has got those girls playing really well right now, and that you know wouldn't uh, fall asleep on them come district time
0: as well. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how the how everything is seated now. Correct? The tops day. tops are seated,
1: yes. Yeah, and I so believe next year they're going to seed the regionals
0: even. Which I wish they would have had that years ago. I think it's a great way to do it. Things have changed so much, tournament wise, and over the years. But it's uh I, I like the the seating idea. So it'll make Certainly make for an interesting uh, tournament. And you mentioned Berga a minute ago. I mean, there's a team that they were in the state championship last year.
1: Yeah, and Tyler Larson at at the helm there. Obviously, he's somebody that's near and dear to both of us. You having coached him, I've known him since he was in diapers. Um, And he does a hell of a job with those girls. You know, this big, burly football player on the sideline with the girls is, you know, a gentle giant. And those girls really, really play hard for them, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I wonder how many of those girls realize that, Tyler couldn't keep himself on the floor because he was in foul trouble every first quarter and a half. So he uh, he always had the football mentality when he played hoops. He played with some toughness, but, yeah, he's done a great job with those girls.
1: Interesting to see how this girls' basketball season shakes up. Um, next week we'll take a peek at maybe the boys, we'll go from there. Uh, but now let's move in, let's shift gears a little bit uh, to a topic, OJ, I know you're really, really anxious to get into, and that's some Big Ten basketball and just uh, the big cluster we have in the middle of the standings here.
0: It seems as if every year at some point we talk about the parity in the Big Ten. But again, I, I, I don't know if it's ever been like this. It's going to be interesting when that selection show, the selection committee gets together and how they deal with the Big Ten because it seemed like two weeks ago, Ann, that Purdue was running away with that conference and everybody else was below them. But now you look at Northwestern, they're right there. Purdue's got four losses, Northwestern, five losses. And then from there, it's six to nine losses between eight teams jumbled up in that that mix. It's really hard to predict any type of winners
1: in this this season in the Big Ten. Like I said, Purdue was kind of the the cream of the crop, but they've kind of fallen on hard times. They've got a couple big games coming up right now. Um, It really is going to be interesting to see what happens come Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament
0: selection. I think the key, they mentioned it last night, uh, commentators, I watched the Michigan-Michigan State game. We'll get to that in a second. But one of the comments they made was, I think the Big Ten's got to look at it. Each team has got to fight to get to that 10-win mark. And if you can get to the 10-win mark in the conference, you've probably got a pretty good shot of getting in the tournament. So, you know, right now, Maryland has nine wins. Iowa has nine wins. Rutgers has nine wins. Michigan has nine wins. And after that, Illinois and Michigan State are there with eight wins. Um, and and then Penn State and Wisconsin are at seven. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's just so difficult to get wins on the road in the Big Ten this year. So it, difficult.
1: It is. I mean, I, like I had mentioned earlier, I mean, Purdue had been playing so well um, that you thought they might run away with it. But anybody in the Big Ten can win at home. Okay, it is so difficult to win on the road. Those environments are, are the student sections at all those schools are fantastic. It really, really makes watching the Big Ten
0: interesting. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll touch on this as we get closer to the tournament and, and see where these where everything shakes out with with the conference. But I just in closing here, watching that game last night, it was a typical Michigan-Michigan State game, in that it was competitive. The kids went after each other um coaches were you know working their tails off to get those kids to you know give them the chance to get that victory last night but what a what a classy way for the Michigan fans the University of Michigan in general to honor the Michigan State fans their team with with the tragedy that happened at at East Lansing and on campus earlier in the week so I thought I don't know if you watched it but uh just a really touching way for the Michigan people to to deal with that.
1: Well, there's there's no question the hatred between Ann Arbor and East Lansing. Uh, the obviously their fans hate each other, the teams hate each other. But understanding that college athletics is is a game, and that the tragedy that happened at Michigan State last week was you know puts things in perspective. You know, and just on personal notes with that, it really hits home when you have students that you had in your class that are attending there and we have a close friend who has two daughters that were involved in that so for Michigan um, and Michigan State to set aside the hatred for a few moments was was a very touching moment and you could see that in Coach Izzo's face when he tried to do his post-game interview last night.
0: Yeah for sure and you know aside from that Michigan the one thing they have not been able to do this year is close out games they have struggled. In the final minutes, they've lost so many close games, and then they went on a 12-0 run over the final two minutes, something yeah. like that. To... Two two big three-pointers right at the end and a yeah. couple of foul shots. So that's something they have not done all year. I uh, shouldn't say all year, but not very often, and they, they were able to close out and get that win last night.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it'll be really interesting to see what shakes out with the Big Ten um, coming down the stretch here. Um, obviously, you and I will be watching closely and be you know, paying attention to the selection show come tournament time. Um, This next part of the show is going to be a part that is kind of near and dear to your heart and mine. Um, Over the years, you and I have spent so much time talking about different sporting events, Um, each of us being part of, you know, great programs throughout the Upper Peninsula. You being part of, you know, being coached by Bimbo Cottle at Trail Creek Basketball. And I've been, you know, I played for Ron Warner at Lakeland and Hubble. Our programs have been very successful through the UP. There's been a lot of great moments, some debatable, some better than others. Um, but you and I have spent a lot of time talking about different events through throughout the UP history. And we're going to take a look at certain events that happened in the UP that we feel are some of the more memorable In no particular order, so keep your email comments to yourselves, fans. Um, We're just going to randomly pick games, events, things that have happened, um, and kind of debate them, discuss them, explain why we think they're important to the UP.
0: So, um, where are we going to start today, Oj? Well, we're going to go back to November 22nd, 1975, Class C State Championship game. Ishbami Hematites, Shock Hudson ending Hudson's 72 consecutive win streak, becoming state football champions.
1: Yeah, that was an event. Um, obviously, you and I weren't around for that. You know, we were little kids at that time. But um, that event was the first true state championships that they had in Michigan. Up until then, they had the mythical ones. Um, and and the UP teams really were, you know, disrespected, would be maybe a little bit extreme, but just not, not given the credit that they had. Um, and Hudson was a team that had won, won 72 games in a row, which is unheard of, which was a national record at the time um, to be broken only by De La Salle and Concord, California later on in the 90s. But um, that was a win that really put the UP on the map as far as football goes. It was a great win for Ishpeming, which was coached by you know some legendary people. Mike Molesky was the head coach, John Crow's senior was the assistant coach, and and John Crowes Jr. was probably running around somewhere on those sidelines as a little kid, a ball boy, a manager. Um, but but that win, snapping that streak and kind of giving some credibility to the UP has really leveled the playing field a little bit over the years. Winning state football titles is difficult today. And back in those days, it was almost unheard of just because of the difficulty getting into the playoffs and then being able to compete on the, on the state level. Um, I really think it was an event that, that really gave the UP some credibility there. And then you throw out some of the, the names on that team. We've mentioned the coaching staff, but Mark Marana, Mike Delangelo, um, some legendary names throughout that peninsula. I mean, when was the last time there wasn't a Delangelo playing on a team in Marquette County? Um, and then over the years, you know, you've seen other teams in the UP win some state titles. Crystal Falls actually won a state title that same day with, a fleet-footed, bearded Billy Santilli running over Flint, Flint Rosary. Um, but state championships have been, you know, few and far between. You know, we've won a couple in Lake Linden. Menominee's won a couple. Nagani's won a couple. Um had some success with Jeff Olson in multiple state titles. But it, 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 winning a state title in any sport is difficult. But the football field is one where it's been, you know, very, very difficult. And this was kind of a breakthrough moment, in my opinion. You know, um, so this is a great moment, I think. Uh, next week, we'll take a look at another one. I think we have an idea of what we're going to do, probably one that's really near and dear to your heart.
0: Yeah, it's going to make a difference, certainly for us. Like you mentioned, we weren't at that 75-state championship game, so when you can relate to it by actually being a fan or witnessing these events – makes it that much more special so we'll talk more about it next week it's going to be a good one yeah
1: again these are in no particular order you know but just uh things that we find near and dear to us so next week we'll have a great moment
0: all right earlier we mentioned we talk a little bit on a segment focusing on relationship between coaches and players and obviously both you and I being involved as players at one point, then the role of a coach, and now the role of a parent, and I thought about this, had numerous discussions with people when you hear stories about what goes on in the gyms, and and what happens after some of these contests, and um, you know, you you never want to hear the negativity that sometimes comes from these situations, and I think my point with this and looking at it from both sides, I get it. It's not easy being in that parental role, and you want your son or daughter out there on the court, on the playing field, whether it's that or believing you know better than the coach and how a certain situation in a game or competition should have been dealt with. But that's not the role of the parent, and their role is number one, support their son or daughter. And number two, and maybe even more importantly is support the team. And I don't know how much this little spiel of mine is going to affect anything, but I I think it's, you get a little tired of hearing about some of the things that take place in gymnasiums and football fields, and probably on the the hockey rinks around here also. So, um,
1: you know, and, and, 90% 90% of the stuff is positive. 90% of the things that are going on are all positive, but you just don't hear about the positive stuff. The negative things overshadow the positive things so often. And I think that's what you're, what you're, where you're going with this. And and I'm a hundred percent on your side here.
0: Yeah. It's, we, we talk about tournament time is coming up. So the games are all getting, um, the importance of these games are getting bigger and bigger as the season goes down. And, uh, if we can just all remember get out there and and cheer the team on support all the players support the coach um be good fans stay off the backs of the poor officials that are working their tails off during the weeks you know that's a whole nother deal but um yeah we'll
1: get into dealing with officials uh at at a later episode i think we're on the same page there about
0: how we need to support them and get some people more involved there. Exactly. Yeah. Try to remember what's important on the stretch run here and really cheer on those, the team and, and the coaches and support, support everybody as they go forward here toward the tournaments. You know,
1: um, I guess uh, I'm going to echo what you're saying there is that The nobody is out there trying to screw up and, and coaches are not trying to screw kids. You know, I always joked with with my teams and my students over the years, and they say, don't go home and tell them Coach Crouch doesn't like you. He hates everybody equally. You know, coaches are out there trying to do the best they can. Um, nobody's intentionally trying to screw up players, coaches, officials. Uh, and, and just dealing with the situation, understanding that it's, it, it's a game, you know, and the importance of participation. You know, not to get all touchy-feely with that. You know, obviously, you and I want to compete and win, win, win. But some of those kids, you know, their most kids, high school is the end of it. Some kids, middle school is the end of it. You know, make it a positive experience. Being negative in the gym, on the field, on social
0: media, there, there's nothing good that ever comes out of that. Yeah, there's a lot of good coaches in our in our area, these area schools, and they're 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 doing it for the right reasons. They're putting the time in, and, and they're doing their best to, to get, that, get that team to play at a high level, and I just think we all got to remember to keep that in mind as you go forward here and cheer on these teams each, and, each night during the, during the stretch run.
1: Yeah, you and I have coached for multiple sports for over 25 years, and you ain't getting rich doing it. You for know, sure. you you'd truly do it for the love of the game, and as a parent, you know, set an example that's you know it, it's not hard to do you may not agree but set an example move forward support the school
0: support the kids and you know and everything would be a lot better off and in closing to say it like it is I mean parents you don't know as much as the coach does about what's going on in that game they're the ones out there prepping them working with these kids each week so keep that in mind too because they do know more
1: great points Oge great points Hopefully, people, you know, take it to heart.
0: We got to lighten things up here a little bit.
1: It was uh, a little intense
0: with that last episode. I thought. Yeah, that was way too serious for you and I. I mean, where where did that come from? Here, one week ago, we were I was ranting and raving about the officials and the Super Bowl, and veins that, were popping. I out saw the side that of my vein.
1: Head. I thought somebody, yeah. you know, it was like watching in a basketball game. That vein was,
0: you know, two inches out of your head. And now we're talking about coaches and parents relationships and staying off the backs of the refs during the game so hey i've i've changed in one week i've thought a lot about it and you probably made the right call yeah we got a it was it
1: was a serious segment but let's get down to something important okay the uh, the sports world has changed in recent times with all of the sports betting that is going on right from draftkings to fanduel to you name it there's a, a thousand of these sites so if if i were to start to get involved in sports betting what are some tips that you could provide to me that would help me make some money with all of these sports apps or sites or whatever you want to call them? You know, what, what can I do if I were to get involved to get rich?
0: Uh, well, first of all, let's make sure we're smart about what you're betting man. You got to make sure you're also keeping it a secret from your wife. <laughs> do not let any other family members know what you're betting. Um, so I think that's really important. But one of the things I look at right now, we talked about the Big Ten. And one of the things I look at, and it's probably good for any of the conferences. You want to play some small wagers on college basketball. Look at home teams that are underdogs. So if you, for instance, see a game where you get like, you know, a Purdue comes in. To play at Michigan State, for example, and Michigan State is at home and it's plus five. That would be a bet I would be interested in. Big Ten is so tough to deal with. You know, the the winning on the road in the Big Ten is extremely difficult, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, so, we
1: spent a good chunk of the show already talking about the home court advantage
0: there. So what I like to do is I take look for those situations where you got a home underdog and Partner it with a game that you really like, home team favored, probably like a three to five point spread parlay of the two of them.
1: So we're gonna bet both of these at the same time. On the same 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 time,
0: but you could take it on the you take the second one on the money line, which makes it a little bit easier. So you don't have the odds. So for instance, you would take the home underdog, partner it with a team that's favored at home on the money line and give yourself a nice little two-team parlay that way and once the NBA starts up one of the things I enjoy doing is going on and looking at some player props and finding a guy that you think is gonna gonna have that big night whether it's just scoring or points rebounds assists the stat combos so those are fun ways to get uh, either two-team or three-team parlays out there and uh, see if you can have some success and main thing it's just entertaining and have a little fun so that's what I've been doing uh the last couple weeks and and it's been relatively successful so
1: and it probably makes watching the games a little bit more interesting. probably pay attention to games that you normally wouldn't watch just
0: because you might have a bet on a certain player and it's especially the NBA games I mean you know the it's so much more fun in playoff time for for NBA fans to get get into those games but regular season games if you got a a little player prop on a game that's on tnt on a tuesday night it makes it a lot more fun to watch yeah i, I can see that so um yeah very very interesting points are we gonna do that we're gonna do this
1: each week next week you're gonna have another tip for some
0: people no, I'll, I'll, yeah maybe i'll fill you in on how well my theory played out for me this week but uh yeah we'll look at something else next week but like i said it's just fun i enjoy i enjoy uh having those little bets out there and. and seeing how they come through and, and whatnot. So I did horrible on the Super Bowl, but I bounced back a little bit this week. Well,
1: hell yeah, brother. Um, last week, we did a little trailer, a little recap of the Super Bowl, kind of get our feet wet. Um, hopefully, this episode is coming off a lot clearer, a little more organized. You know, um, a lot of positive feedback after last week's episode. Uh, people were surprised, one, to see that you and I had a podcast and, and also a lot of positive feedback that just said wanting to hear more. Um, so one of the things that, that happened was we had posed a question to what would you like Croce and Oge to discuss on the next podcast? <clears throat> so each segment will probably answer a couple, you know, questions, emails from our tens of fans. Um, this one last week came from uh, Bonacorsi11. And his question was, it says here, it says, great first episode. I would like to know what Oge's favorite memory from the barn was. So, Oge, uh, maybe tell our adoring tens of fans what the barn is and what your favorite memory was from that.
0: Yeah, so the, the barn, something you might have already watched, a little documentary that's out. On the barn. I think it's called Born in the Barn. Kristen Ojimi did a documentary on this, and it's the it's the famed uh, gym in, in beautiful downtown Ewan that I grew up playing in. And uh, so, a lot of memories. Certainly, watching those first two episodes, that came to mind. Uh, I would just say, for me, it's the whole the whole feeling of from the locker room, walking down the hall past the boiler room on your right in between the JV and varsity games at that time, a lot of the guys and women too, would go down into that boiler room area to smoke and
1: nothing better than catching yeah, the clicks, you know, oh, long yeah. dart
0: before the game. So you, you <laughs> see the fog of the smoke billowing out of the boiler room and the guys down there all looking at you telling you to, you know, kick their ass tonight. Let's go. And as you walk by that, then you, enter the gym to start the warmups and it went from 75 degrees in that hallway to 85 degrees it felt like in the gym and the fans are right on top of you uh, going through the warmups and then for me just that atmosphere remembering that specifically and the smells of the gym and then of course um just putting that full court press on and that small that small venue turning games that were you know, 12 to 10 games in the first quarter to 42 to 14 midway through the second quarter and the fans reaction, the group on the stage cheering you on. Um, it was, it was certainly a special, special place, but you know, it's hard to come up with one specific memory, but I think it's just, just the whole atmosphere of what that, what that gym meant to me and, and, uh, remembering those, those types of instances. But I, like I said, there's nothing like walking out the locker room with uh, you know, Marlboro light smoke fill in the hallway as you entered the gym for your warm-ups?
1: Well, my favorite memory is when they closed the damn place because as a player, we always got our asses kicked. And then early on when I was coaching JV basketball, we got our asses kicked even harder there. So it was nice to, the gym they have now is obviously a great facility, but the history of the barn is un, is unbelievable, right? Um, they could They could make a whole
0: whole movie about it yeah i was so, able to get in there two two summers ago i went back for the first time in quite a while did I, you smoke marlboro light in the boiler I, room I, I did not I, I was in that hallway though um gary forrest gave me the keys and i went down and uh walked in the gym took he had a rack of basketballs in there and it was it was fun spent about a half an hour wandering around and, and did you
1: work on your shot or do you practice your defense no no i walked in
0: and uh yeah did did some uh, defensive slides <laughs> Back and forth <laughs> uh, in the lane. Uh, oh, I think I shot a few free throws and chucked up a couple air balls from three. Awesome. That's great memories,
1: Odds. That's a, you know, a great question by bonacorsi 11 uh, Feel free to shoot us some more questions that you want us to answer, and maybe next week we'll take a look at answering them. Come to the part of this uh, episode that has been the most anticipated part all day long. Our listeners are sitting around here waiting for listen to the lyrics. Now, as most people know, you were a pretty good athlete, pretty fair coach, but one hell of an elementary gym teacher. But we all know that deep in your heart, you've always wanted to be a songwriter. You have a taste in music, second to none. A little bit snobby, if I might add, how you look down your nose at other people's Tasted music,
0: but nonetheless, we've come to the part where we must listen to the lyrics. Thank you, Crouchy. Everything you said there was spot on, especially the snobby part on other people's songs. But anyway, um, we're gonna get right into this, and I'm gonna educate some people on what I think is a perfectly written song. And we're gonna start out with a guy that at one point was a Rhodes Scholar he was at West Point. He was a helicopter pilot. He grew up in a family that was a huge military background, um, was well on his way to whatever type of career in the military he wanted, and left it all to go to Nashville and became a custodian at a local record company and pushed the broom and wrote songs. And finally, somebody was able to latch on to some of these songs that he wrote, and realize what they had in this janitor that was walking the halls. So, the first one I'm going to play is by the great Chris Christopherson, who I think is one of the great American lyricists of all time. This song is, Loving Her Was Easier Than Anything I'll Ever Do Again. Your job now, pay attention to the lyrics. We're going to play about 30 seconds of it homework assignment. Let me know what you think when you're done. I have seen the
1: morning burn golden down the mountain in the sky Aching with the feeling of the freedom of an equal when she flies the way she smiled upon my soul as I Listen here now, listen. Feeling as the colors in
0: the sunshine, the shadows of her eyes. Oh, you can't make it up. That song right now. Here we go. Waking
1: in the morning to the feeling of her fingers on my skin.
0: God, i don't want to end that but we can't play it forever um you guys got to listen to it on your own focus on it and i want to hear what your thoughts are on the chris kristofferson hit loving her was easier
1: yeah that's a hell of a song oj available on spotify wait, Andy, are you crying well it, I, I feel like my life has been changed listening to the lyrics but oj great choice next week i can't wait to hear what you have next when we listen to the lyrics well, that's going to bring to an end our first official episode as podcasters, if podcasters is really a word, but um want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I know we have tens of fans out there. We have this podcast available to everybody on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and now available on Google Podcasts as well. So make sure you get out and listen to our show, share it with your friends, even people you don't like, um, Twitter page, at Crouchy and Oge. Get out there, like, retweet, do all that stuff to promote us. We're going to have another show next week for you uh, where we'll take some questions from our listeners again. We have an email address at crouchyandoge at gmail.com. It's been a blast working with you this week, Oge. Why don't you uh, give our tens of fans an update on what's coming down the pike next week?
0: All right. So next week we're going to take another look at the Big Ten standings, see where things See where things lay after uh, another competitive week of ball in the Big Ten. We're going to talk a little high school area, high school boys hoops, and and breaking news: Aaron Rodgers is apparently in his cave, and that will be certainly discussed next week, along with the fact that Michael Jordan turned sixty this week. Um, we'll bring up another uh, moment, memorable moment of UP sports history. Um, I got a couple things in mind there, so that'll be a great discussion as well. Talk to you later, Roge. See you, Crouchy.